The more you know, the more you know, the more you know, it's the more you know. Hello, everybody. I am Mike Noble, and welcome to the More You Noble Sports Podcast. I'm joined by Kale Noble, by Kale Noble zero eight on Twitter. on Twitter. You can uh, find us at More underscore Noble on Twitter as well. Uh, please follow us on Facebook. We really appreciate that. Uh, once again, we appreciate every single one of you. Obviously, we are on the weekend right now, and we are releasing a couple. We we just released a pod on on Friday, which will be for college and, and NFL betting as well. And we are super, super excited to have our um, other degenerate gambler with us today, who is also our fantasy football guru, the man who is sitting for somehow 2-0 and in our fantasy league. Again, I need to check the Yahoo stats. Something must be wrong. Me too. But something is out there. Anyway, the guy that we love to come on who can answer all of your questions. We saw a bunch of them on Twitter today. Uh, questions about football that we're going to discuss. I've got a lot of things to discuss with. But this is the man. The myth, the legend, Matt Seward. What's up, buddy? What's up? How are you guys tonight? We are doing absolutely incredible. The Cardinals have won 12 games in a row. I, I'm i literally at a loss for words. <laughs> I'm not. I, I, I literally said uh, I'm out of adjectives. Yeah, I, I'm just excited for this these next 17-ish days. I, I'm I, – I can't count them down fast enough. I'm excited for Cardinals baseball once again. And let's just remember that Matt was the guy saying to trade Dylan Carlson. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! I want to I want to preface that I felt like he held the most. To be fair, let's let Matt defend himself. I felt that if we were going to rebuild, which does not seem like it's in the cards, he would be the piece to move with the most value. <laughs> you want to that was all. Trade a 22 year old potential superstar. <laughs> Hey, we cannot, <laughs> we cannot step on, on anything right now. The Cardinals are winning. Here's what I will say. In my life, uh, I've been lucky to be a Cardinal fan my entire life. I was lucky to grow up in this area. Uh, 82, really my first big, big memory as far as the Cardinals winning. 85 didn't go our way. Thank you, Don Dickinger, who screwed the, screwed us royally. George Brett. Uh, 87 out. did not go our way. Thank you, the Minnesota fans guy who turned the – or the Minnesota Twins guy who turned the fan on. When we were hitting, so the balls didn't fly out. Major conspiracy. Yeah, right, exactly. And then 04 was like, or was really the the year that we thought, oh my God, this is it. I mean, we had the MV3 head in that, you know, in that era, and everything was going our way. And then we ran into Dave Ortiz in a bus, saw the way, and Kurt Schilling wasn't going to hit us. 06, nobody saw that coming against the, the Tigers. 11, maybe the greatest baseball run of my life until now. Devil magic. So I just hope that we can keep this train rolling, dude. Yeah, I think that whatever NL West team we do meet in the NL Wild Card should fear for their their uh, their postseason run because I think this team is going to roll right through the Wild Card. Ooh. I love it. I love I love that optimism. Here's the thing: I was telling Hale this, I and, and I, I think we were talking about this with Mike uh, on yesterday's podcast um, that the fact that uh, uh, one of the announcers today or on the in the game Thursday on YouTube said, "Hey." You know, whoever they play, all the pressure's on them. They're going to have the second-best record in the National League, whether it's the Giants or the Dodgers. All the pressure's on them. And also, thank you, Twitter. I didn't think of this. Best-case scenario, the Dodgers and Giants tie and have to play maybe. game 163 for a division winner. It's Scherzer versus Gosman. Oh, absolutely. Give me the, I don't want to face Okay. Here's the thing. Bueller has not been good in September. 
Steelers. I don't want to face Max. You don't want to face either. No. But you have to. I'll take my chances with, with – and everybody told me we didn't want to face Cliff Lee. We didn't want to face Roy Halladay. We didn't want to face Roy Oswald. We didn't want to face Utley, Rollins, and Howard, and Burrell in the lineup. We didn't want to do that. We did it with Chris Carpenter, and we won. Little did they know Chris Carpenter was going to – So, Ryan Matt, 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 you don't let Caleb get you down. You keep that optimism up. I love it. I like it. I just don't like hearing it because I want us <laughs> to be the team that nobody expects to win because I feel better about our chances. Right. So, so my thought process, and I was actually conversing with my dad on this this past weekend, my, my thought process is, is if, we, if I had to pick who we meet in the wild card when we inevitably get there, I would rather play the Dodgers because I think we can beat them in one game, but I'm not the most confident we can beat them in five as I would be if we were to play the Giants in a five game. So I, I think I'd rather meet San Francisco in, in the NLDS than meet them in the wild card, personally. Those are exactly Caleb's sentiments as well. I'm on the other spectrum, and here's why. Let's just get to the next round. Do you know what I mean? That, that's yeah. the way I look at it. I, I want more baseball, but I think you and Matt, and we were, I was talking with a buddy of mine at work about this the other day, uh, explaining that. I think you guys, in theory, are completely correct. I just don't want to see Max Scherzer in a one-game playoff. No, no I'm one, not going to lie. No one does, but the good news is those guys – I love the Giants for what they're doing. I really do. Same. And I love the fact that they're not pulling away. Because the Dodgers and the Giants, I'm hoping it doesn't get to where the Giants are two games above. And then that last game for the Dodgers doesn't mean anything. Because you want that to stay. They're, you want them playing hard the whole time. Because they're using their guys. Everyone's going to get tired. Whatever. But um, I am at the point to where I don't care. I, I agree with you, Matt. And I've been saying that to my dad. But I am at the point to where I don't care. Because the fact of it is, if you want to be the best and you want to win, absolutely, you have to beat everybody. Right. So you can't just dance your way around and hope you avoid people. If you want to win a World Series, you got to beat everybody. And that's what happened in eleven. No, like the chances, everybody was like, "Oh, it's great, you made it. What a fun story. Good run. Hey, thanks for your time. Whatever." But you have no shot against. Philly. And I'm going to say, and I think thing you this know, lineup is better than that lineup. What I think the top five in the lineup. Are then, lineup. then in 2011, uh, what Matt? He said he likes the 2021 lineup better than the 11 I like, lineup. I like the top five more than I like that top five. I like I, that we don't have to have Ryan Terry on the one or two. I think five. I disagree with that. I love Pujols. I love Holiday, but I love Goldie Nolan. Yeah, we also had Berkman in 11. Right there. And then I love I love Dylan. And I love I like the versatility of this lineup. And that lineup obviously – I do not agree with you. But I do. And if David <laughs> Cruz wasn't on a heater, that team wasn't winning because they were – You had for call leading off. Sometimes the mid- they let off Terry no, in game seven. He, I know, but for the majority of the – until he got – he was cold you know in, what? in the series. I'm going to retract that statement. Thank you. Okay. Thank Alan Pools is in the lineup. Today and Berkman. Yeah. And Holiday. Okay, okay. And Freeze. Like, and Craig. Sorry, I'm writing a hot right yeah, yeah, I get it. Okay. But let's just relax. That's true. I don't right. agree with that. Okay. But I like – Thank you for that. I like the individual players a lot. Yeah. I, I will say I do like the 2021 bullpen much more than I like the 2011 bullpen. You, you, are you trying to diss on Scrabble now? Matt, are we team? sure about uh, oh, Jason I, Mott? I, I agree with that. Throwing gas. There's so the, many more guys. Octavio Dotel. I think the emergence of TJ McFarlane and Luis Garcia have single-handedly brought us to where they are, where right, we so are today. Those two, Jay Happ, who I don't think would make a postseason roster. John Lester. I don't think Jay Happ would make a postseason roster. That's gonna really. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens. But there. that's he might have another lefty stuff. in the bullpen. But, but yeah, I, right. And KK, I, I, I do like him. He should never pitch another game. Again. I, I would take half over KK. Oh, yeah, me too. He was terrible. Right, game. right. And, but, and I, I, here's the thing, Matt, and we talked about this uh, on the previous pod with Mike. To me, it's Mike, and, and I, I, I'm not informed on every season Mike Maddox has had as a pitcher. He had, I mean, he was in Washington with all Right, those agreed. Guys. But he had all those guys. But I think this is his best. I mean, what he's done 
to not would not just like you brought up Garcia and McFarland. Um, Caleb and I were at the game. I, I posted it was a Cubs, but it was the Giants. Caleb reminded me of that where he did not look good. It was like his third outing of the year. And, and Caleb and I both were looking at this guy like, he's throwing 99 with a nasty slider. Why is he not getting out? And all of a sudden, Mike Maddox figured it out. We go get John Lester, J.A. Happ, and everybody's like, oh, that's all we got. They have been incredible. And and both of the, all four of those guys credit Mike Maddox. They credit Wayno. They credit Yachty. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's Mike Maddox's greatest job as a pitching coach. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And my sentiment, my sentiment sits with what if we would have gone out and got a Lester or a Hap in early June when our pitching staff was hurt and we were tanking and, and weren't a good team and it looked like an awful month of baseball. What if those moves were made a month earlier? Like this team could 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 have been a 90-plus win team. A 90 I don't think you could have got John Lester in June simply because the Nationals were still in the they race were, at that point were, in time. Yeah, so I don't think they were looking to trade a John Lester, even though he was their number four, number five guy. I still don't think he was available. I do, however, agree with you because we look at the Brewers. Yes. They're going to win the division. They got William Adams. Did they pay a right. price for a premium? They did. Rasmussen and Fire Eyes have both been really good for the race. But they got him, and they said, okay, we can, these guys are expendable, and we're going to get our guy, and it's worked out great for them. And also, we're talking about Luis Garcia, and I'm going to spend a little bit more on this, and then we can be done. But he – we remember um, that Cubs game, the worst loss of the year, arguably, before the vocal final. Right, right. But – when he when Luis Garcia came in, it was seven two game, mm-hmm. and we ended up blowing it. And I was like, "Why would you bring in Luis Garcia?" Right now, he just closed the game for us against the Brewers and pitched the eighth tonight. But it wasn't his fault that game right. wasn't. Right. But who would have thought that this is where we are? And it has been incredible to watch. Dude has a hundred mile per hour sinkers. Yeah, and his slider is unhittable. And and he's awesome. I love he's thirty four years old, wild uh, uh, alone. But like you said, that game, that that Cubs game, Yachty, strike three drop. Dion Air. Dion Should have had two outs right off the bat. And then Alex Ray. That's a person. dub. Yeah, mm-hmm. just wild, just wild. But I agree, Matt. I, I'm having so much fun with this right now. And it's like, I wasn't even, I really didn't even watch the game today because I know Wayno, I was at work to start with. And then Wayno gave up the big run, the grand slam. And and then all of a sudden, my, first of all, shout out to my wife. Right? I don't know how many wives and <laughs> would call, I'm driving home. She called me too. And she called me and she goes, are you listening to the game? And I was like, no, I was listening to like music or something. She's like, you need to turn it on. The the tying run is up. I was like, Tommy, you, you're like, shout out to her. That's fantastic. She called me all. too. Fantastic to my wife. Fantastic. So, shout out, Amy. Awesome. I appreciate that. Not a lot of wives were listening to the Cardinal game on their drive home no. from work. And then I, and then Tommy takes a terrible at bat. So I thought, think I'm jinxing it. Mm-hmm. So I turn it back off. I get home. I start grilling, and Kale's like, Dad, you got to turn on the game. So you did it. I did. Heard me I did. I right. We got tied. I did see the Goldie home run to give us the lead, and no, the, he tied it. Right, and, and I then, was screaming, and then I saw the the home run to give us yeah. the eight five lead. Yeah, I mean, then I watched the ninth. Um, but yeah, it, it's incredible. We go into Wrigley with as much momentum as I've seen a Cardinal team have. Obviously, we talked about this earlier. Um, Twelve wins in a row. Only the sixth time in MLB history that this has happened. The first in September. The first time. Since 1999, and they the and doubleheader tomorrow. They tied the franchise record for win streaks at 14, which was in 1935. And I'll that's before that's unreal, unreal. And I'll say it again: if anybody would have told me this was coming, I would not have believed, and I would have laughed at them. That's right. And you didn't. I tried to tell you, you that they were going to stay in it, and they you did. Chance. Fair, but you didn't tell me this was coming. Well, no one knew this was coming. You can't predict that. But yeah, Matt, it's it's so much fun, dude. I, I I love it. And going up to Wrigley, you never know what Wrigley holds. But yep. this team, I don't think it matters where you play. I don't think or it matters who you play. I don't think it matters who's on the bump or who's hitting third. I don't think it matters. They have the uh, more confidence than I've ever seen 
this entire group have. And, and they're just hitting what Tyler O'Neill has done. I love him. He's becoming one of my all time, one of my favorite players in baseball right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for the Cardinals, man. It's been a, it's been a hell of a ride and something that I kind of have noticed. And I mean, all of MLB fans and even the, them themselves have probably noticed is, is the fall from grace that the San Diego Padres have had this year. It seems like in the early April, May, even in the June, we were talking about them as legit World Series contenders. We were talking about this team as a team that can knock off the Dodgers, could beat the Yankees, could beat Houston. And now we're looking at them. What are they, six out now? I mean, it's, they're done. They're toast. It's yeah, been a fall yeah, from they grace. They finished the season only against the Dodgers and the Giants. They're done. Yeah. So and like, it's something I haven't seen personally from a team in what feels like a while when you see a team really start off hot, really start off as one of the favorites, and then all of a sudden they're they're looking in, they're outside looking in, and they have a hole that they've dug themselves in. It's it's wild. It's almost been like a flip of a script from the Cardinals to the Padres. Yeah, two and eight in their last ten to speak to what you're saying, yeah. by and the way. And it's crazy to think about because that's that's the most exciting team in baseball when they're playing well, without a doubt. But I mean you obviously you Darvish sucking and then Blake Snell and Clevenger's obviously been out the whole year. Like they didn't they didn't do enough. They lost Max their season ended when they lost Max Scherzer to the Dodgers. Just plain and simple. The, I think I, that's probably I can't right. Imagine they how, got Adam Frazier. I though. can't imagine how deflating that was for a yeah. team. And I've also heard the rumblings of Eric Hosmer being really pissed off that they won the trade in and that they caused a log jam in the team by getting Adam Frazier when they didn't need to. Yeah. I, so it's been I, it's, I would be shocked that they don't clean house. I'm not gonna lie, and like you said, Matt, bringing that up, I, I think that's a great point. I on this podcast in July proclaimed them the best team in baseball because of the talent that they had. Right. When they went out and got Frazier, it, it just Kevin, I remember you and I talking. This just doesn't make sense. I love Adam Frazier. I think it it just didn't make sense on that team. And when when and your point is super on point. When they did not get Max Scherzer, that changed the game. Chase Tingler's getting fired, and I'm not saying this and is Chase Tingler's going to get fired. They're all yeah, they're in, they're in trouble there, and I don't know what that hire Skip Right, I mean that would be great. He deserves that. I yeah, that. I think that would be great, Matt. You're you're right on with that, and obviously they are almost like they're one game over 500. Two and eight in their last ten, they lost five in a row. It, it what really, a fall from grace! And it really does suck for baseball because that team's a lot of. They are. They're electric, good. but they don't have Tyler O'Neill on their team, who is, by the way, the best left fielder in baseball, and it's not even close. So, all right, you heard it here first. I'm not even like there's no one even close to him. Watch to move to right field. No one's close. I love it. <laughs> That's what I got. Was that too much of a hot take? No, that was great. Okay, that was like just a lot dropped on us right there. Yeah, yeah right now we're riding, and I'm with it. Let's go. Yeah, I, I am. Fi- hey, I am fired up. Like I, I've said it before, as as a former athlete playing at the the highest low level, <laughs> right? <laughs> High school, <laughs> right? Right, exactly. Like you know, the, everything is better when you're winning. Yep. And I wish I ever got to experience what the Cardinals like that at that level. But everything is – but where they're probably eating at Morton Steakhouse tonight, right downtown. That yeah. steak, that $240 steak with that $600 bottle of wine they're going to make, who's going to have to buy that tonight? Lars, probably. Lars is going to have to buy that. That's <laughs> right. Lars is going to have to buy the wine tonight. That's going to be the greatest steak they've ever had. Yeah, they're they're, they're, they're going to get high. The, I can't even imagine. I just want to be a fly on the wall of that bus ride because yep. they had to have been going – that crazy. and that, yeah, and, and they're gonna, was, it's just awesome. They're gonna I, get I'm the best so night's sleep they've it. ever had, and, or, or they won't. No, they are, they are. The Budweiser's will taste good, even though they probably are drinking a better beer, but it is no, they're probably, so they're drinking probably Budweiser. Budweiser. Yeah, I hey, I am so fired up. It's so much fun. I, I was telling Mike, uh, Godard this earlier uh, on the last pod, 
that uh, looking back and just seeing my posts from 2011, it's deja vu only at a higher level. I, right I still at remember us being right at now. the franchise and whatever, and the Cardinals playing, and someone made a terrible error, and that was probably in the end of August when they were like 10 out, and you're like, fuck this team, they're done. <laughs> And then fast forward to three months later, it's like the greatest moment of any to, of our lives. To be fair, we were at the airliner on a Thursday or a Friday night when they played the Mets, who were garbage. I think it was the Mets. It might have been better than, to be honest. And they lost a game that they should have won, and it almost knocked them completely out. And then the last week and a half, they went on this little run, and next thing you knew, the Braves couldn't win. The Braves couldn't beat anybody. Seems a lot like the Vogel bomb. And we, now turned into we go into the last weekend, the Braves are playing the Marlins, and the Marlins take care of the Braves. We end up Division winners in the and the rest is history. I'm just saying, all I've been saying the whole year is I just want fun baseball in September. Yeah, I agree. And they don't have to win the World Series. I would love them to, and I think they honestly, I think they have the magic to do it. It, it seems like it. But I, I do. I'm just. And they could lose the wild card game, not going. I hope they don't. But I'm just appreciative for the fact that they're giving us this right. Yeah, now. Matt. There's nothing more fun than than October and September uh, meaningful baseball. Yeah. The last thing I want to say is I want to give my sincere apologies to John Mosellock. I, uh, I am, no, no, I am, I am relatively known within my family and my friends and on this podcast for pretty much bashing him, but, but I mean, for never having a losing record for, for being the world series to competing, I, I, I owe him an apology. I hope he goes out and we, and we win a world series this year and we go out and we go get Corey Seager and I go get a Jersey and we go win it back, back to back. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I, I will say this, there is plenty to be, and, and, and I've said the same about Schilt. I've been very critical, like every every fan is of their manager, right? It's the Monday morning quarterback 162 days a year. Right. And and Mike Schilt, I've been critical of moves, and, and I'm still, there's still things that I question. Obviously, this man has forgotten more baseball than I know, and I understand that. But there are things that I question. Mosellock still has a lot of warts, and there are a lot of question marks on decision-making and everything else. But for right now, I don't fucking care. Like, if we're going to be honest, I do not care. We'll address that later if we have to. I hope Adolis Garcia wins Rookie of the Year in the American League. Shout out to him. Uh, Randy's going to get a lot of votes as well. Shout out to him. I, I, I love that. I, I love that Lane Thomas is leading off in Washington and absolutely raking. He's I've playing been a well. Thomas fan for years. I absolutely love that. But you know what? What we have right here, right now, in our outfield, but not just in our. This is. The, I'm telling you guys. I will say it again. This is the best defensive Cardinal team I've ever seen. I think the 82, 80 to 85 era was right there with it when you had the, the guys that we had. But in the outfield, we don't have a Lonnie Smith. We don't have skates out there who couldn't do anything and except Matt for Holiday. We don't have it right. We don't have a Matt Holiday out there. We don't have a Chris Duncan out there. I love Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Love Chris Duncan. One awesome of the, one of my favorite players. Like just I feel like that dude would have been fun to hang out with. Yeah, he was um, and but we have a legit chance, and I, I said it on Twitter the other day, to get five gold gloves. What do you think, Matt? What do you think? You think we can get five? I don't think we get five, but I think you can almost lock in three. I think you can lock in four. You can lock in four. So I'm thinking you, you're locking in Bader. Yeah. Yep. You're locking in Molina. No. Nope. Goldie He's and, my fifth. Goldie and Nolan are locked in. Goldie and Nolan and are locked Tyler in. Tyler is locked in, and it's and, not even close. Yeah, Tyler's going to win a second. So I had I had Bader, Arenado, and Molina as my locks, with Goldie and O'Neal as the guys I would question. Ty- Tyler Tyler won it last year. He's going to he his he's numbers are it. even better this year. He's got and he's hitting well, so they're going to get it. And I I I know the the argument is always obviously Votto and, and Freeman. It's really Freeman 
uh, at first. But that was what has done defensively at first base this year. If he doesn't win, and now what you're seeing him do, again, I will always say the gold glove does sort of get a lot of love for what you do offensively. Analytics have helped it over recent yes. years, though. And I also think, Matt, this is not beyond the scope of reality. Tommy Edmond has a shot at second base. I think Colton Wong wins it. He does. But Tommy Edmond has he's, – he he's going to get votes. He'll be in the top two. And I think – I, I still think I still think Stallings probably wins yeah, it in right. Pittsburgh, but Yachty might because of his name and also because we're not getting a lot more Yachty. So, Matt, I think we have a legit shot at five. Yeah, I mean, when you break it down that way, I I, I tend to agree with you. I, I know Bader's and Arenado are automatic locks. Or yeah, I think Tyler's an automatic lock. I do too. Like, I don't. I can't think for me. I can't think of a left fielder that even no. That's even close. Like left field is not a premium outfield it's position. Not. And when you play it as well as he does, he like I haven't seen any left fielder play like him. And also, to be fair, he has quite a few outfield assists. Yachty's, you know, I mean, again, they're, they're tough plays, but he's cost him a couple. Yeah, yes. Like honestly, but his and, defensive run saved for yeah, major league. In yes, left field. Yeah, I think he's got. It. I agree. I agree. So I mean, I don't know. In fact, and I looked it up. There have been multiple teams that have won four. No team has ever won won five Gold Gloves. That would be amazing. I, I don't. Does Wayno win one on the bump? I don't. I don't I know. He was second in the, I think Soto's gonna win. Okay. All right. Anyway, All right. he's been incredible. Yeah, but this is awesome. I, I like I said, I'm sleeping better. I'm eating better. <laughs> Whiskey I'm drinking tastes better. Everything is better. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it really is. I would go and, up and play my game and in June, just be pissed off, right. to throw my place right. out the window. Right. And now. I haven't been mad. I haven't been I sad know. in 13 days. It's amazing what what it does. Like it's amazing. There were nights that when you lose, you just feel like crap the yeah, next like day. And now it's like everything is awesome. So with that being said, let's continue on the awesome train and let's talk a little NFL. Let's talk a little fantasy football. Um, let's continue this train because right now the NFL, I think, is, is roll. I, I think this has been a really interesting two starts. This is my synopsis on DFS, and I'm going to let you. We'll talk about DFS. We'll talk about yearly. Um, Caleb and I have some questions for you, and I know you got a bunch of questions on Twitter today. Once again, guys, um, for those of you uh, who are looking for fantasy advice, follow Matt. Give him a follow on Twitter. Uh, it's awesome. Not only do you get all of his incredible hot takes, which are really, really strong, he doesn't just throw it out there. He gives you a lot of backing on why it's like that. But not only do you get him, you get all the interaction that people have with Matt who are also fantasy gurus outside of outside of the Midwest. And I love it because I'm, I, I love that. But but follow him at Matt2Frosty. Um, it's a great follow on Twitter, especially. Look, it's the number two, right? No. The number two. Number two. two. Okay. Yes, thank yeah. you. That's great. At Matt with two Ts, the number two, then Frosty. Um, follow him on Twitter because, like I said, he, he helps me every week, even though we're in the same league. And I did come on. I did come on here. And make a lot of assertions about how I was going to kick Matt's ass in the face. Bold claims, and I did not. So shout out to you, Matt. Yeah, that was a fun week. I, I was uh, kind of stressing it, so I was, I was like, I can't lose the first week. I got to win the first week. To be fair, Derrick Henry really shit the bed. If we're going to be honest, he really did not help me out that week. But that's okay. But here's here's my synopsis on DFS as we get into that and we get into fantasy. And I know Caleb's got some questions, and I know you got a, probably a lot of things you want to talk you about. That, yeah, I've got sure. I. Two and zero, and haven't even had competition. Yet. <laughs> okay, carry on. Okay, all right, all right. Thank, thank you, Park. Appreciate that. Um, anyway, my my assertion is this: right, the first two weeks, I kind of play, I kind of play uh, a wide array of of people in daily fantasy. Uh, obviously, you've got Yahoo. You've got, I know Matt, you're a DraftKings guy. You've got FanDuel. I've been playing Yahoo lately. 
um, just because that's kind of where I, I always gravitate to the NBA and the fan. Do I kind of want to stay away from the 250,000 people contest? So the week one, we have no idea. Week one did pretty well, made a little profit. Week two got my money back. Right. And you're still kind of feeling the way I feel like now week three, you start to narrow and zero in on guys. Obviously you always have the fluke guys who pop up and I understand that, but in DFS and then in fantasy, I think we're starting to zero in on who the guys are at every team. Do you agree with that? Or do you see things a little differently? Oh, I actually do agree with that. I think we're starting to uh, be able to make trends and see trends and uh, see how players are playing, see the, uh, how the weekly schedules are going to line up, how the team is playing as a whole. I think that's huge. I also think that we're starting to see how teams are using those players, right? So, for instance, we were all drafting a guy like Brandon Ayuk in the sixth, seventh round of fantasy drafts this year, and he wasn't even there week one, basically, and then week two he barely saw the ball. So it's interesting to see how the perspective as a fantasy community, as people that play fantasy, can be a little skewed differently than how the coach views a player. So th- those things you start to hammer out, you start to figure out, and it, it all just comes into your process, right? So you take those notes down, you do that research. Okay, I understand this is what's been happening the last two weeks. How can I correct what I thought into what is more relative, more real, that can actually profit me some some money, right? So, like, for instance, week two last week, I, I was big on playing the Philadelphia Eagles again like I was in week one because I didn't think they were going to be high roster ship players against a tough San Francisco team. I thought they'd be able to score. Uh, like the Lions were able to, and that was wrong, right? So right. you, you got to have a process, and you got to refine your process to, to be the most accurate you can. You're not always going to win. I mean, if you're 100% gambling, you <laughs> – I don't I don't know what to tell you. But, like, you just want to refine your process. And with, with more games being played as we speak, as tonight Carolina and Houston are playing, you're starting to get a, the trends, and that's huge. So week three is, is going to be a big week, I'm hoping – and uh, we'll just move on from that and learn from that as well as we will going on to week four. And my plan right now, like I said, I was taking FanDuel down. But since I'm sticking to Yahoo, I'm taking a lot of their money this Yahoo. weekend. Yahoo. Sorry, my apologies. Yeah, I'm taking a lot of Yahoo's money this weekend. I Can we talk daily first and then get into the yearly and weekly leagues? You cool with that? Works for me. Okay, awesome. Uh, just a few things. I, I have come up with, with a friend of mine, the Pagel, who's on here, friend of the show. Uh, we came up with some sheets for NBA um, that we used to really make quite a bit of profit for a bunch of years. And then there's been some fluky stuff with the NBA lately with guys getting 80, 90 points on a night. And I don't mean real points. I mean, fantasy points. Rest days. Right. So I, I kind of came up with the same idea for the NFL and I've been using those to guide me. I play a lot. And let me ask you this as a, as a, as a guru. Right. And I don't say that jokingly. Like, I mean, someone who writes for fantasy football and someone who is living and breathing what is happening and has their, their nose to the grindstone and their ear to the, what is the ear to the wall? What, whatever that is. Ear to the. Yeah. Right. Okay. What we, we understand, right? You're tuned in. Um, one thing I've been really, I try and look at, and I do the same with NBA is I really look at obviously who they're playing, right? That matchup. And, and, and so I use DVP quite a bit defense versus position. All right. Um, so what does that look like? Who's giving up the most points at quarterback? Who's giving up the most points at running back? And then to me, Vegas, because they're Vegas, is right a lot of times. Yep. There's a reason, right? So I play a lot of the over-under implied totals looking for those high numbers. Is that is that sort of the way you look at uh, NFL? And then I kind of sprinkle in those value plays who might be under-owned. Yes, yeah, I, I actually lean more away from Vegas. I, I have a I – a thing that I like 
it's weird because like I I understand that their over under is going to be near correct, and I understand that the who they think is going to win, what team they favored, who's going to have a good game, a positive game script for running backs, who's going to have a negative game script. So those things I do I do tend to look at when it comes to game script wise, but like for points wise, I don't really factor it into my DFS lineups unless I like I have the same feeling Vegas has because uh, I've learned to kind of trust my own process and trust myself uh, more than I have Vegas, which is kind of weird to say. But, um, like, for instance, like if I know a team's playing Jacksonville and I know Vegas is hard on – like there's – I think I believe it's Arizona Cardinals playing this week. I, I will be looking to stack them as much as I can, but you are going to see that high roster ship percentage and guys like Rondell Moore who's popped off, Chase Edmonds who's been a good value. Their defense is going to be huge, uh, widely owned in DFS. So I might fade that and go to my next favorite play, right? My next favorite team, which would probably be the Chargers versus the Chiefs in Kansas City this weekend. So I like that. I can see where I'm liking that, those values. So it's all about perception to me. Like I, I care more about having the lower roster ship players because I feel like it gives me a greater chance of hitting the bigger money. But if I'm in like a smaller contest and I'm in like a cash game where I'm literally just going to double my money, like those double ups you can do or uh, something where it's not when there's only a thousand other people, not 50,000 other people, then you can you can sh- uh, shoot for the stars with like a Kansas City stack or or a Darren Waller stack or, you know, those big high end plays that, you know, are going to give you guaranteed points. So it, it is interesting. And there's a bunch of different processes when it comes to it. But I, I, I don't necessarily use Vegas as as a tipping line unless I absolutely have to. Yeah, I definitely think if you're in the smaller tournaments, like you said, like the single entries maybe, um, where there are you playing 50-50s or you're playing the the top 10 in, you know, five five uh, place or whatever, I think that's when you really want to play the chalk. Um, you know, those are the, because then if you don't have them, you're done. Um, right. And I think when the GPP tournaments, which is mostly what I play, I think then we're looking at guys who can pop off and enter those lower let, – let's – our lower – owned i guess is what i was looking for um let's go through i just have a few questions for you on dfs and then we can get into the yearly leagues because i know kale's got some questions um i got some questions on on a lot of players who all of a sudden have popped up again we're only two weeks in so i don't know how seriously to take some guys um or you know who's a who's a real the real guy and who is just fluky um right now for dfs here's what obviously i'm playing on yahoo i know you play on DraftKings, so we're looking at different salaries i'm still a kyler murray guy um, I know that's Caleb, one of Caleb's favorite players. Uh, he gets Jacksonville. I, I just think I'm not fading him. I might not own him as much. Talk to me about Mahomes and Brady this weekend. High high dollar, right? Um, Mahomes obviously gets the Chargers at home, who played against – I mean, Dak, they ran the ball quite well against the Chargers, but they didn't throw the ball so well. Um, Brady has been unreal. They, they look like they don't even care to run the ball in Tampa Bay. What do, what do you think about those two guys who are the higher price, right around the Kyler Murray price, but also involved in two really good games. Yeah, so to start off with Patrick Mahomes, I think he's a massive fade for me from the actually for the foreseeable future if his price is going to remain up in the in the top echelon. I haven't been thrilled with what I've seen from the Kansas City offense this year. I thought that game against Baltimore, I, I think they should have easily won that game. Uh, the CEH fumble obviously didn't help them, but uh, we saw Tyree Kill get limited, which is a rare occasion. I understand that, but it is – it is something worth monitoring, and, and the Chargers have had a top secondary in football for the first two weeks. Uh, I believe they ranked top 10 against the pass so far. So, And Derwin James, the safety who's finally healthy, and please stay healthy because he is a <laughs> difference-making safety. Uh, so I, I'm going to fade Mahomes this week. I, I'll probably fade Tyreek alongside it. Um, 
but to go with Brady, I, I love Brady, and I'm going to love Brady probably every week this year. He was one of my plants, one of my top five guys that I that people weren't expecting to be a top five guy at that position. I think Tom Brady's in, on pace and, and going to be a historic season. I'm expecting huge numbers e- each week, week in and week out, uh, alongside with Chris Godwin, Mike Edmonds, Antonio Brown. I mean, Rob, Con- Rob Gronkowski has four touchdowns in two weekends. I mean – this offense has like nine passing touchdowns and they've played eight quarters or something like that. It's this offense is rolling through people and I don't expect it to stop anytime soon. So I'm Does the up. fact that they go out to the Rams scare you at all? No, I, I, I think it so this is this is the thing, right? And I, I expect this matchup to be a really great game, right? I mean, we saw Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup, they're they're lighting the world on fire. Robert Woods finally got involved last week. Uh Tyler Higby's played hundred percent of snaps. He's been a big tight end for them. Um, so I think it's just going to be a good game. And I think Brady, you might not see the 400 yard game with four touchdowns. You would see from Brady on a regular basis, but I think you could still lock in 250 plus yards, two, three touchdowns. Cause they're going to have to score. Right. So, um, I think that it's going to be a game where they're going to still favor the past. They, they love the pass the football. They don't trust Fournette. They don't trust Rojo. Giovanni Bernard's barely been involved. So I, I think at the game script, in this kind of game actually doesn't matter. I think they're going to throw the football and they're going to have to score. So I'm, I'm okay locking in with Brady and Godwin and Evans. And on the flip side, I'm okay with playing Stafford. I'm okay with playing Cup. I'm okay with playing Woods and Higby. Um, but the running backs in this game, I'll probably fade massively. I probably won't own it or have any starting from any of these games. I do have a question about that. So who, which person do you think Godwin or Evans is going to be on Jalen Ramsey? Because there's it's very rare where he Jalen Ramsey is going to be on them. This is, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's very rare that anybody has a good week against Jalen Ramsey. I think he might draw all three, but Matt, what do you think? I think uh, I think it's rare that we see Jalen Ramsey shadow a cornerback, especially in a game where he's got multiple, I mean, stars. I mean, Antonio Brown two two years ago was freezing his feet off and then now is now running all over defenders. So mm-hmm. I think that they're going to have to game script uh, and game plan Jalen Ramsey just per per scheme, right? So if they're looking at a one wide receiver scheme with Evans and he's going to be on Evans, I would think mainly he will be on Evans, but again, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, uh, I'm trying to think, I, w- I would think that he'd be on Evans a majority of, the I would day. think so too, but does that worry you at all with Evans? I think what worries me more with Evans more than Jalen Ramsey would be the target share. I think I'd rather, I'd like to see an uptick for, for Evans and targets. I think that overall, if we want to be trusting in Evans as our wide receiver one or our wide receiver two, we need to see a little more targets and to feel more comfortable that he is getting targeted. Because if he gets eight targets, no matter who's guarding Mike Evans, he's catching the ball six, five, five, six times and getting 60, 50 yards, and then you might get a touchdown, right? So I want to see the targets take more of an uptick before I'm really comfortable, like trusting Mike Evans to pop off. But I think the upside will be limited with Evans this week. He probably won't pop off for 30 points because of Jalen Ramsey. But, again, he could still manage a touchdown or manage five five catches for 60 yards. And and in full PPR, that's 11 points. That's a pretty good floor for a wide receiver. So I'm okay with Mike Evans. I just want to see the targets up to, uh, take an uptick. So is your move with the uh, Buccaneers offense to stay with Godwin? Yeah, that's been my move since the get-go. And, and it's proved, to, uh, proved me right so far as the Brady-Godwin connection. Uh, last year when Godwin was healthy, these guys were lighting the NFL on fire, him and Brady. So I love Chris Godwin. And just two years ago, he was a top five fantasy wide receiver. So he there's nothing. Drop passes. <laughs> yeah, drops don't matter. 
And he, he does enjoy to drop some passes in big situations. They don't matter. He'll he'll still get his fantasy points. That's all that matters on the on the Yahoo he, app. Okay, Brown had a big first week, then kind of a dud. Antonio's second is he, week. Does he have COVID right now? Isn't that what Goat Army? He does. Is he out for this week? Yeah. Do we know what is the what is the word on Antonio Brown? Uh, let me check. Okay. Because I mean, I hadn't heard that until he said that, so I wasn't sure. I, but yeah. I mean. It, Seems Antonio Brown is to get. He is going. unlikely to play week three. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, and because they said it could be Scotty Miller or they have another guy. I'll, there. Look, no, I'll, I'll tell you what this week sets up. It's Gronk. He's just set up every week. Dude. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying. Matt, let me ask a couple more quarterback questions um, before we move on to some other positions with DFS. Obviously, for me, every time Russ plays, Russ is in. I mean, we saw what. So awesome, dude. I mean, we saw the, the, the Tennessee Minnesota game, and not that Tannehill lit them on fire. And I understand that Minnesota, it's at Minnesota. But when Russ travels east, he doesn't lose. It's like Kyler. They seem not to lose when they come east. It's just so um, Just a guy who can run like that. And, and it seems like he and Lockett are at a different level right now. I mean, there's no reason to fade Russ, is there? No, I don't think there's any reason to fade Russ. We've, we've seen this before. And when Russ is hot, you absolutely have to play Russ. Uh, him and Lockett have been... On a on a tear, it's it's weird to see that him and DK Metcalf have almost flip flopped where we were <laughs> drafting them, right? So we were drafting DK in the late second, early third, Tyler Lockett in the middle of the fifth, and now they've almost like flipped with what they've produced for us, and it's and it's really shocking, but at the same time, it's not because we've seen games where Tyler Lockett blows up, and here we are again seeing the same connection, the same time over and over. So this offense is ready to roll. We're we're only waiting now for a DK Metcalf blow up game because we know that's coming. Right, so I'm I'm all Absolutely. in on this offense. I'm all in on on everyone in this offense. Gerald Everett's a streamable tight end. If you want to go lower end, low cheap, probably a lower roster ship percentage, you can go Gerald Everett. He caught a touchdown week one. Uh, so I'm okay with everyone in this offense. Chris Carson's a consistent running back too. Uh, yeah, my team's nasty. I'm sorry, <laughs> it's just nasty. But what I was gonna say is, since Tyler Lockett is playing so well, that kind of sets up for people um, people to be paying attention to him so much. That DK Metcalf just has a week where he just explodes for three touchdowns and 200 receiving yards, and then it, he just like wins somebody a shit ton of money. <laughs> like that's just set up to happen. Exactly right. This is it's, it. It feels like a DK Metcalf week to me. I, I don't know. Also, Yahoo, I see you, you motherfuckers. <laughs> because Tyler Lockett is twenty eight dollars this week, and Metcalf is twenty nine. <laughs> so quite often you come down to. That decision, right? Who and do I want to picking, go with? That's what uh-huh. I'm a lot of people are going to be picking Lockett. I'm telling you right so now, I'm going game to game. have a little bit of all three. I'm going to have some Russ with DK, Russ with Tyler. Uh, I went I went pretty heavy on Gerald Everett last week just for the maybe the tight end score in a game that was a high-scoring game, and he didn't get the targets, uh, which was a bizarre thing against the Tennessee defense. But, yeah, I, I, I'm a Yahoo. I see you. I see you. That's what well, I'm saying. Me, a lot of people are going to go with Lockett. Let, let me go for a couple. Look, also Lamar Jackson um, is unbelievable. I yeah. he is their offense right now with, without. I mean, I know, I, Tyson Williams. Tyson Williams, I guess, is is very good. And they get Detroit. I mean, we've got to love. I mean, I know that Lamar is a little more expensive, but he's going to run for seventy to a hundred yards, right? Yeah, Lamar's going to offer you a safe floor. Yeah, I. The only issue I have is I've I've seen it all over Twitter the last two days is that the Baltimore Ravens are going to come out and fire off on the Lions. 
And I know the Lions didn't look the best on week two in, on Monday night against Green Bay, but I still think they're better than people are giving them credit for. That offensive line is good. And if Jared Goff can get a sliver of protection, he can make plays happen. Like just a couple years ago, we saw Jared Goff in the Super Bowl. So I'm not ruling out that Detroit could cover the spread in this game or even upset this game. I think Detroit's a better team. I think I would hold off on Lamar Jack. Like you're going to start him in your weekly leagues. You drafted him to start him. But I mean, on the flip side, I, I he's going to have a nice floor. He's going to rush for 70 yards. He's going to get you 18 points at the minimum, right? He's going to be nice for fantasy. But for DFS purposes, I feel like the upside and the ceiling with the cost you're paying for Lamar is just not as high as I'd want it to be as it is in Kyler. So if I'm going to pay My only argument, and I, I completely get what you're saying, my only argument is if Detroit keeps it close, that's huge for that's Lamar. Good. That's huge yeah. for Lamar's points. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it would probably ideally would make them want to pass more. And Marquise Brown has been a stud. Who would have seen that? And we that know they're going to be doing kneecaps because NCDC yeah. said that's what they're going to be doing. So we know. That. And also, I think you like it's been proven you can score on Baltimore's defense this year. Oh, yeah. You know, yes. without Marcus Peters in that in the, in that, that defensive backfield, they're not the same team. Right? They're they're not that same defense that they were. And you know, uh, I I just think I think I could see that being a big a high scoring game. Yeah, I think I think it can be, and I again, I, I I don't hate what Detroit has going on right now. I think that the wide receivers could obviously be better. Quintus Cephas, he played well last week. Who knows how well that's going to hold up? You got guys like Amon Ross St. Brown. You got Tyrell Williams, who's been dealing with an injury. So I'm not huge on the receiving core, but T.J. Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams are all weapons, right? They're all playmakers, and they all fit exactly what Jared Goff does, right? That he checks down, he goes short yardage, he goes over the middle to Hawkinson or down low to Swift or Williams. So I, I'm all in on the Detroit offense. I think it could be a low-key stack in your DFS. It's going to be cheap. It's going to be low roster ship, and it has potential to, to boom, and it can really win you some money this week. Okay, as you talked about that, so now I want I need you to decide for me because, once again, Yahoo strikes. All right, at the same price, we've got Danny Dimes at home against Atlanta who has been playing awesome football. Danny Dimes is and, a really good quarterback. And at the same price, we've got Jared Goff. They're almost putting up the exact same stats, like almost identical, right, as far as fantasy goes. Obviously, right. Danny Dimes can pop off for an 80-yard run, probably will trip going into the end zone and fall <laughs> down. The ball right, but, but he can pop off. I mean, if we're looking at those two games, do you like Goff more or, or Danny Dimes? So I actually lean Jared Goff here. I think that uh, the rushing floor is nice with Danny Dimes. You know who's going to rush the football. They're probably going to have to throw the football in this game. But, again, I just don't see that astronomical upside. And when I play DFS, I like the stack, right? I like the stack. I think Sterling Shepard's going to be a high rostership player this week against Atlanta. I think that Saquon is going to have a bounce-back game, but that doesn't bode well for your quarterback if your running back's running all over the field. So I, I'm, I'm kind of – I mean, I'm in on New York. I think they're going to play well this week. But again, I, I, the Lions are my favorite low-key stack this week. I, I love it. I'm all in on it. I think that it, I would go Jared Goff, and I would find a way to stack him with the Hawkinson, and then uh, I would even throw in Quintus Cephas in that lineup and see what see what happens. All right, all right. I love it. One more, one more quarterback, and then we can get into whatever else we need to talk about here. Your guy is getting the start at Cleveland. Justin Fields handed the keys in Chicago. He is really, really cheap on Yahoo. Is he worth a flyer in DFS? Or, or should is he one of those guys we should just wait and see? Or is it one of those guys that, hey, if he comes out and balls out this week, it's not going to be wait and see because his salary is going to skyrocket. So here's the thing, right? And I, I, I tweeted out 
oh, actually, yesterday that Justin Fields is a must start this week, and people took it. Oh, am I starting him over Kyler? No, you're not starting him over Kyler. <laughs> Obviously not. Okay. What I meant to say was is that Justin Fields is going against a bottom five pass defense in the league right now. We all expected this Cleveland defense to be elite. We all expected it to be great, but it hasn't been. It has not been. They played Tyrod Tyrod Taylor, and he lit them up, right? So I'm all in on Justin Fields this week. I'm all in on Allen Robinson this week. Again, another stack in DFS. I'm eyeing up. Uh, I think it's going to be huge. I think think Fields is in for a prime game, a big, big upside game. Again, he offers that rushing floor as well. So you know you're going to get some points. I'm all in on Justin Fields. It's wheels up from here. I'm going to be rocking the jersey on Sunday. I'm excited. All right, bear down. Bear down. No. I mean, that's what they say. I know, but I'll never say that. Well, I wasn't like, <laughs> joking. I'm just saying that's what they say in Chicago. I hate all his talking about the Bulls. So, all right. Well, awesome. That, that helps me a lot on the on the quarterback position. Running back, I feel like, here's the thing at running, at running back, man. They never meet their salary. Outside of Derrick Henry last week, it just seems to, in a passing league, it just seems like your running backs never, ever live up. But why am I so goddamn enticed with Dalvin Cook this week? Yeah, I think Dalvin Cook is an enticing play in DraftKings this week. I think he offers, you know, he always offers that 40-point game. He hasn't really come come on this year, it feels like. It feels like we're still waiting for the Dalvin Cook. We all drafted at the top five in our drafts. Um, you, you know he's going to offer you big play upside. You know he's going to offer you a big big chances to make play. So I, I like Dalvin Cook this week. I don't expect it to be some high-scoring game. Um, so I, I think the game script could, could favor Dalvin Cook. I think that he could see up to 20, 25 carries where you know he's going to catch passes. Uh, I'm just I, – I think I'm going to lead down. I like Dalvin Cook this week. I think Minnesota should be favored in, uh, favored in this game against Seattle at home. I think they played well. They got un- unlucky. Uh, I'm all in on Minnesota, so I'm going to go Dalvin Cook. I, I like it. I think it's wheels up. Yeah, all right. And, I, you know, also I did watch Derrick Henry get 45 fantasy points against Seattle last week. So, it does feel like Dalvin Cook is set up to do the same. Yeah. And he's a stud. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. He's one of the best in the game. So. All right. A couple things. Let's get in. And then I know Caleb's got some questions, and I want to hit on whatever you'd like to talk about a little bit. Uh, let's go to more of the, the yearly, weekly leagues, right? The, the You've got your team that's drafted. We're not looking at the, the DFS. Unless, is there anything else you want to throw out for DFS this week? Uh, yeah. I think we, we pretty much nailed it all. Again, the Lions are one of my favorite stacks. If you're looking at the afternoon slates, I think the Raiders are, are a nice-looking piece there. I think they're, they're meeting a weak Miami team that's got Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. So I'm all over the Raiders on the afternoon slate. Uh, Broncos are nice on the afternoon slate against the Jets. Uh, you always got – you could always go with the Bengals wide receivers against Pittsburgh. You got uh, – I like the Chargers this week against Kansas City. I think not a lot of people are expecting that, but they've allowed a lot of points to running backs. So Austin Eckler is a guy I'd keep my eye out on for. And then I love the Lions and the Bears this week. I think the, those are two low-key stacks that could win you big money this week. So that's where I'm That's where I'm at. One last thing I'll say. On the opposite side of Eckler, I, can't, I shouldn't. But I kind of like Edwards Hilaire because the Chargers got run all over twice. And I just feel like he plays every every down almost. Like, he is their guy. I feel like at $16 on Yahoo, which is pretty cheap, he could be a sneaky pick there. What do you think about Devin Singletary? Was it a one-week fluke last week? Oh, God. Yeah, I, I would avoid. I, I... <laughs> Are you sure? I'm going to avoid, and if he does it again, then maybe next week we can have this talk. I I, I don't know. Like, last last year we saw this Buffalo team never run the football. 
And when they did, it was with Josh Allen. I'm not sold that that's still not the game plan that they want to sling this football. I think they still need to. I think Josh Allen needs to get into that groove, and I think this could be the week he does it. So I, I, I would avoid Singletary and Zach Moss if he's playing. I, I was high on Zach Moss, and he's just been a complete bust. So yeah, he had a pretty good week last week, but when you're beating Miami twenty-eight to nothing right out of the gate, also, yeah. Josh Allen was going on. Why is he not yeah. Josh Allen anymore? I mean, I think you've had some game. I think game script is a lot of it. Just you got good. Washington right off the bat, or I mean, you got Pittsburgh, who is a really good, really good. defense. I mean, obviously, but they made them look obviously like- Las Vegas exposed them a little bit. Um, but then you you're up twenty eight to nothing like like that. He doesn't. He's not going to throw the ball, and he, they're not going to put him in harm's way. So I think game script has been a little bit like uh, with that for him. I've got a question. Do you think Stephon Diggs last year, when he was like basically the best wide receiver in football, in football and fantasy, or at least top three or four, do you think that was a fluke? No. Okay, because he never was that guy when he was. Like, I guess he had Adam Thielen like on the other side of him, but like that just seemed like such a. He's popped off so fast and so rapidly that it's so hard the to thing with, pick that up. The thing with Diggs is is when he was in Minnesota, he was one of the best route runners in football. You look at uh, Matt Harmon, he does a reception by perception, and it's actually an entire breakdown on how successful they are getting open and how successful they are making plays in each different route, right? Your dig route, your slant route, your doe route, your post route, right? And Diggs was ranked in the top three in the NFL in Minnesota, and he continued to do that in Buffalo. The problem was he wasn't getting the targets from Kirk Cousins. I mean, there was there was things all over the uh, internet when he was in Minnesota that he wanted out, that Kirk Cousins and him never had a connection. He never threw him the ball. Like, these were real things. And then he went to Buffalo, was the number one guy there, and lit it up. It wasn't a shock to me. I think that he's a stud. I think he's a bona fide top six wide receiver in the NFL. I, I love Stephon Diggs. I always have. I loved him from the moment he stepped on the field in the NFL. I thought he was a stud. So I, I'm all over Stephon Diggs. Pretty much every week he sits in my lineup, and if he dies, I'm okay with it. If he goes off for 40, well, I told you. There's a potential that I just don't like him because he's played for Minnesota. <laughs> that That's pro- he probably the reason you don't like him is because of the Minneapolis miracle, and I understand. I think that's, yeah, I think that's exactly why. Okay. We got to the bottom of it. A couple things. One guy I was on early, like or not necessarily on, but was really intrigued by, Rondale Moore. Is he for real? He's for real. Okay. He, he, he is for real. I – I will say I was not on as high as I've seen other people are with Rondale Moore. The size did concern me, how his breakout uh, percentage and his dominator rating all went down after his freshman year in college. These things were not not something I loved. But then again, he did have that 18-year-old breakout year in college. He was a superstar at Purdue. So he, he's the real deal. He, in Kyler Murray, there was a – I don't know if it's 100% true, but I did see something. I believe it was SportsCenter ESPN tweeted out that Kyler Murray literally told – Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kai, I need me Rondale Moore. And if <laughs> I that, love that. If that doesn't speak volumes that he's going to get the football, then I don't know what does. I, I'm all in on Rondale Moore from here on out. Uh, that Arizona is going to be a high roster ship sack in DFS, but again, it's going to pay out probably against a, a weak Jacksonville team. The only concern I have, and I love him, 5'9", I think he's 5'9". Um, the only concern is I have is they have so many weapons there right now with Christian Kirk, uh, A.J. Green, uh, Max Williams, who had a great weekend. But a great, you know, and then obviously DeAndre Hopkins, and then you've got Edmonds and Edmonds out of the backfield. But I'll, I'll tell you what he feels like. If you were to ask people, where do you think Rondale Moore went? Like just watching him play, the answer would be Oklahoma. He reminds right. me of an Oklahoma receiver or a big, right. 12, at least Big Twelve, Texas Tech, South. Oklahoma. You know, obviously he went to Purdue. He does not. He is not your typical Big Ten receiver where it's grounded pound a lot of times. Um, 
I, I love to watch the little guys run. I, I think he's awesome. Tyler? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think he's fantastic. So I, I'm, I'm all in on him as well. Where do we stand? Where do we, what's going on in Atlanta? Is Calvin Ridley, like everybody projected him to kind of be the guy, like maybe lead the league in, in receiving yards. And he may. Who knows? We got 15 weeks to go. But it does seem like something's a little off there in Atlanta. Well, the thing that's off is in Calvin Ridley because I firmly believe Calvin Ridley is a bona fide stud. I think that what we were per- uh, perceiving and what we were uh, projecting was that Matt Ryan wouldn't hit that cliff. But again, at the same time, if you look at the splits with Matt Ryan without Julio Jones in his entire career, because before Julio got there, Matt Ryan was nothing more than an average quarterback at best. He was not, right? And then Julio got there, he turned into a superstar or Matt Ryan a star where he would throw a lot of yards. He would win MVP one year. But his whole career, you look with his splits without Julio and with Julio, they're not good. So it's something I think I've missed. I think uh, a majority of the community missed. The majority of fantasy players may have missed. That maybe Matt Ryan is just done. Like, maybe he, Matt Ryan – because he is 36. Not every quarterback's going to play till they're 50. Maybe he's just done. And that's that's the, the, the stomach feeling I have about the situation in Atlanta. And if this trend continues, I feel bad for them because they owe him $40 million next year. It, it's, it's, a, it's rough. Do you think it's Matt Ryan not being good without Julio Jones or it's just the fact that their primes just um, happen to line up with each other? Uh, I think it's a mixture of both. I think that – he needed Julio Jones to be that that superstar, that star level player, that MVP caliber level player. But at the same time, Julio Jones may have. Now, I don't. I don't think Julio Jones did Matt Ryan. I think Julio Jones in his prime succeeds with me at quarterback. So, I'm yeah, I'm more enticed to believe that Matt Ryan without Julio Jones is a bigger downfall than Julio Jones without Matt Ryan. Yeah, I agree with that. Julio Jones, by the way, also had a pretty good week last week. Just saying, he did. He did. He did. Week. Yeah. And he had a touchdown taken away from him. Yeah, right, right. Um, are we are we buying Marvin Jones Jr. and the Trevor Lawrence bromance? I am. I, I I thought that this was a real possibility. Again, with the wide receivers in Jacksonville, there were three there, and LaVisca Chenault, DJ Chark, Marvin Jones Jr. We were all projecting, you know, everyone else had their own guy. Oh, I like Chark. Oh, I like Chenault. Oh, I like Jones. And uh, it's, come to, it's come to fruition the first two weeks. The guy seems clear to be. It seems to be Marvin Jones. So I would stick with it. I think that it's a, a safe bet to think that. And until I'm proven otherwise, I, I would roll with it. All right. I love it. I've I love liked it. him too. Yeah. Yeah. Same. He's always been a, a solid player and uh, everything else. A couple, couple things before we go into the weekly leagues. Just This is just fan, or NFL. Do the, do the Saints bounce back and, and look better this week against New England? Obviously, they had seven coaches out with COVID protocols. They were missing multiple guys on the defensive Glad end. Lattimore, the biggest do, one. Do, was that just one of those, the stars aligned for them? They would have lost to, I mean, anybody. Obviously, Caroline's playing well. But do you see them? I, I am not a buyer. I'm not buying into New England. I'm just not. I'm not buying into Mac Jones yet. He might end up being great. I'm, I, I feel like they're not. They, they've really, they seem to be handcuffing what they want him to do. It seems like, again, hey, short passes to James White, short passes to Hunter Henry. Uh, Johnny Smith seems to not really know the playbook yet. Um I, I'm just not buying into that. Does, does, what do the Saints, what do you think, what are you expecting this weekend from them going out to New England? Uh, it's hard for me to really project the Saints, and, and the reason why is because of the quarterback situation with James Winston, right? What I, I loved what I saw in week one. I loved the game plan. I loved that they didn't ask him to do too much. They didn't ask a lot out of him, and he performed well to those standards. But then again, in week two, it felt like I almost got a, 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 re, a relapse to old Jameis Winston for a second. 
and I, and I wasn't comfortable with it. So I need to see adjustments. I need to see and the offense start to turn a little more. You know, you got Michael Thomas coming back within a few weeks now. Uh, so the offense just needs to get better in a groove. I think they can beat New England. It's tough to win in Foxborough, so I, 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 I'm not sold that they're going to win the game, but I, I do hope so. I hope that we see that week one Jameis in, in that defense because I'm not sold that this Patriots offense is anything to be scared of. And I'm sure fantasy owners are hoping to see Alvin Kamara be Alvin Kamara. Like, the, yeah, you, it's hard for me to blame Jameis right now, and I understand exactly what you're saying, but my God, that is a terrible wide receiver core. It's really bad. Without yeah, it is bad. It, it even, is with, bad. even with Michael. Well, no, Michael's a little Agreed. Bad. Obviously, it makes it better. But it's – Chris Hogan was, like, trying out for the, like, professional lacrosse league three weeks – or three months ago. Hey, he and now a, he's playing. He's and got he, a touchdown. I get it. But there is not a lot of talent running down the field for them. Yeah, it's – It's been rough to watch. But at the same time, I did like the game plan in week one. I, I liked I like utilizing Deontay Harris. I think he's got special talent. I think he's got Dang. untapped potential. Um so I think they need to get him more utilized, maybe in more of a, you know, that Rondell Moore, that Lubisca Chenault role where you get him the ball at the line of scrimmage and let him run, see what he can do. Because uh, you're not going to have a lot of these routes. Chris Hogan's not breaking anyone's ankle and yeah. running a slant 80 yards. Marquez Callaway isn't beating anyone on a post route and going between the safeties. Like, it's just not going to happen, right? So we got we to gotta make those adjustments. We got to game plan better, and we got to make plays that are going to get these get the offense rolling. Yeah, I really had high hopes for Marquez Callaway. And so far, not good. Uh, it is only two weeks. Now, I would like to see Jawan Johnson get the ball a little bit more. He's, a, he's really good. He, like he seems to have a very high upside. I really like him more than Jared Cook. Um, but, and I like Troutman because he blocks, he catches. Um, obviously, he did have a drop he in week one. Right. Well, that's tight ends. I mean, there's it's a reason be. they're a tight end. I get it. But it does happen. Obviously, we've had Jared Cook forever, we know. Um, but I'm interested. Okay, let's get to – I got a few questions, and I know Caleb's got some questions, and then let's get into anything you want, and then we're going to get out of here. Um for those people in the in the weekly yearly leagues, obviously, who who moving forward, not just for this week, but for the the future, do you like as far as pickups and, and waiver wire guys that could be sitting out there in leagues of of ten or twelve teams? Obviously, there's leagues out there of eight, I whatever those are all star teams. teams yeah. But you know what what who are guys that you could look at that maybe aren't on everyone's radar, you know, you have the one hot pickup a week. Obviously, it was Elijah Mitchell a couple weeks ago. Like, who are those kind of guys for you? Yeah, there, there's there's three or four guys that came to mind instantly. The first guy is going to be Quintess Cephas from Detroit. I uh, I like what I saw out of him the last two weeks. He's got a steady floor. He's posted 10 points or more in, in the last two in the first two weeks. He seems to have a connection with Jared Goff in a, in a wide receiver room that's desolate, that has no one right except for TJ Hawkinson, who's a tight end. So, I'm all for Quintess Cephas. I think that uh, is the guy you could put on the end of your bench. And if you need a, uh, a bye week play later in the year, I think he could be a solid one. Uh, staying in that same division, I'd go KJ Osborne of Minnesota. Uh, he's actually out targeted Justin Jefferson to this point, which is not a trend I can I, I would project to continue, but as a trend that I can see KJ Osborne having up towards 60, 65 targets this year, which is enough to be on the end of your bench, which is enough floor and enough upside to maybe roster and hopes he has that big week. Uh, the third guy is a guy that I was completely out of, completely off of coming into this year, and he's kind of proven me wrong. He had a big week last week against Pittsburgh, a little slow in the first week. It's Henry Ruggs. I think that the upside is just unlimited with Henry Ruggs. He has that, and I'm not comparing him to Tyreek Hill, but he does have Tyreek Hill level upside with his speed. So if Derek Carr continues to feed him targets and force feed him the ball, who knows what we could see from Henry Ruggs. 
And the last guy is a guy that I would throw on the end of my bench if I'm in a deeper league and I, I think I need some running back depth. I think it's Demetric Felton from Cleveland. I think that the real possibility that Kareem Hunt is traded uh, at the deadline is something that I would teeter with because they do owe him some money and they have Felton who plays a similar role, right? So I think that that's an idea that, and at the deadline, if that doesn't happen, you can drop Felton because he's going to be not fantasy relevant. But it's an idea that I would consider if I'm in a deeper league with deeper benches. So those are four of the guys that I've kind of kept my eye on. Uh, the last guy would be Kenny Gainwell from Philadelphia. I think he's a stud. I think that they're liking the multi-back use in Philly behind Miles Sanders. I think that he's he's proven us that he's a good runner. He's a good ball carrier. Uh, he averaged for week one, he had nine attempts for 37 rush yards. So that's, that's about average, you know, about a four yards per carry. So I'm okay with that. Uh, he gets reception. So that's a guy I would throw on the end of my bench. So those, those are the guys I'm mainly targeting. Uh, there's guys like Braxton Berrios who have had high target shares. I, I'm not too, too interested in if you need a late flyer, sure. But outside of that, th- those are the guys that I'm I'm big on right now. Okay, awesome. Conversely, who is, who is at a high ownership for a lot of teams that you're like, okay, it's just not going to happen? Like maybe go ahead and cut bait, and let's add one of those four or five guys that you just mentioned. Um, you know, obviously everybody drafts guys that they, they think are going to help their team. And then there are – we always have those guys who, okay, it might just not happen this year. Who, who do you see as one of those guys that – or a few of those guys that maybe too high of ownership in leagues, maybe we could make our team better by eliminating them? Yeah, the first guy that comes to my mind is Marquez Callaway. I, uh, I believe I tweeted out Sunday night or Monday morning. I was – I've never been more excited to drop him in my fantasy leagues. Uh, and that, that hurts my heart as a Saints fan. But at the same time, something that we see – all the time from fantasy managers or from dynasty managers is people holding on that faith too long. Marquez Callaway never proved anything to any of us. It was all hype, right? Oh, he's in line to get all the targets. He's in line to be the guy in New Orleans. But did we ever imagine that he just sucks? Like, I'm, I'm sorry that he's just not that good. So he's not going to get forced at the ball because that's what's happened. And I think it's time to cut bait. You can drop Marquez Callaway. He, he's not going to hold any upside on your bench. I mean, if you want to try to trade him, I don't know who's taking him right now. He's probably a guy you can drop. I, I would rather have Quintez Cephas or that I, or uh, KJ Osborne. And on the flip side, I will actually say my next guy that I would consider dropping, and this this hurts my heart. I wouldn't drop him yet, but a guy that I would barely be watching closely for the next week or two would be LaVisca Chenault. I have not liked his usage. I do not like Urban Meyer because LaVisca Chenault, one of my favorite players this year. I'm not a fan of Urban Meyer. Uh, neither, n- no, none of us should be. What Jacksonville is doing is just hurting my brain to watch. <laughs> so I hope LaVisca Chanel gets used more. I, I'm not convinced. I'm not confident he will be. It's a guy I, I will be watching, monitoring very closely because he, he is teetering that line that's close to droppable. Even though you dropped him, even though you draft him in the eighth, seventh round, don't get caught in the sunken cost fallacy. Don't get caught in that. Take your L, move on, get some guy that can offer you upside. All right. Awesome. Awesome. I, I, a lot of rumors out there that Urban is not happy in the NFL and is ready to go back to college. It's because he's playing Alabama every week. Do what, Matt? It's because he's playing Alabama every week. <laughs> yeah. It's, right. uh, ooh, you know, when that USC job opened, that was the first person people started saying, yep. uh, maybe Urban's going back to college. If you can go to USC, like, you know. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, I have a question before we get out of here uh, for one of my fantasy leagues, not the one that we are all in together, but I do have a question at a flex position. Um, 
we run, we run a double flex. So I have Mike Williams as one of those guys. I'm not taking him out. He has nope. been incredible. Uh, but I do have Devontae Smith, and I also have Ron, uh, Rondale Moore, who we just talked about. Obviously, we've got uh, Devontae Smith at Dallas on Monday night. We've got Rondale Moore at Jacksonville Sunday. I always love having guys who play late. I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense. It does seem like the later games score more points. I don't think there's any real theory to that other yes, than my own. Know. Right. But who, who do you like? Do you like Devontae or do you like Rondale Moore? Oh, that's tough. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm going to go Rondale Moore. By okay. like an ever so slightly thing, I think I love Jalen Hurts. I love Philadelphia's offense for some reason. I I I've become enamored in it. I uh, I love Devonte Smith. He's been carving people up left and right. But at the same time, the manufactured tar- targets that Rondell Moore has gotten are something not to shy away from. I think that that is something we could see week in and week out. Oh, he seems like a trusted guy already. I mean, we saw him out-target DeAndre Hopkins, who is widely known as one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, if not the best. So, in this offense, an offense that desperately needs somebody outside of Hopkins to really shine, to really be that number two, why not Rondale Moore? I'm all for Rondale Moore. I think the wide receiver two with Kyler Murray is slightly more higher upside than the wide receiver one with Jalen Hurts on Monday Night Football in a tough division game in Dallas. I'm going to go Rondale Moore. Okay, let me make your job even harder now. Now, now you've settled that. Rondale Moore or T. Higgins? My Man, team is T. Higgins is dealing – I know T. Higgins is dealing with some lingering injury. He is. That is correct. Because I, uh, I have quite a few of the T. Higgins in all the leagues I'm across, and that's something I have been monitoring. As of today, T. Higgins remained sidelined at practice, did not participate. That's not a good sign. So – as of now, I would lean Rondale Moore, and I think uh, I, I think I would lean Rondale Moore either way. But T. Higgins against Chicago is very enticing. That Chicago secondary is not proven to me that. Well, T. Higgins has Pittsburgh this week. Oh, you're right. You're right. See, that was last yep. week. I'm a week yep. behind. Yeah, yeah. I think I lean Rondale Moore. Okay, that's sort of where I was leaning as well. But just want to check, Caleb. Obviously, your team is on fire. We've heard this. We yes, know. But, but is there anything you have a question well, about? Well, Juice got hurt. Jarvis Landry got hurt. So yes. I'm, I'm going Michael Pittman against Tennessee, and that's really my only position that was up for grabs. And I, I'm i very okay with that pick because okay. he put up a really good numbers last week. He's projected to get 13 this week, and he's playing Tennessee, who's what we just talked about their defense with uh, Mike on last podcast. It's atrocious. So, and they're, uh, he's, they're, they're yeah, their they're secondary the worst, is terrible. They're the worst, um, I guess, wide receivers in the league, according to Yahoo. Yeah. So Pittman's my pick. I don't. All my other positions are locked in with my running backs, Carson and Swift, and then obviously my wide receivers are nasty. Jamar Chase. <laughs> I heard some. He's gonna have a good week this week. I think. So, okay. Well, he's looked great. I yeah, mean, he's, he's not getting really, many really targets, good. which sucks because his points aren't huge. But he gets a touch. He's got a touchdown both weeks. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, Kyler's my quarterback. Like, there's nothing there. I need. I did. I was hoping to get Sterling Shepard. Someone stole him from me. So I'm out here trying to get someone <laughs> on my on my wide receivers. Because I don't have anyone because Jarvis is hurt. So I just have him on the IR right now just waiting. All right, last question. Last question for you, and then we're going to get out of here. Uh, once again, thank you so much. We love this. This is awesome to hear. Uh, obviously, to help people win their fantasy leagues, to help them with DFS on Sunday. Uh, it's, it's great. I have one question. One of the worst nightmares for a fantasy owner is the old RBBC, right, the running back by committee. Right. I have Javante Williams in every league I'm in uh, because when he went to North Carolina. 
Two, I love his explosiveness. But three, you told me that you had him graded as the best running back coming out. He's been great. He's getting half the carries. In fact, last game he averaged five yards per carry against the Jets. Was it the Jets? Yeah, Jets. Um, no. No, they yeah, played Jets. the Jets this week. They, they played Jackson. Whoever they played last week. I don't know. Either way, right. Play Detroit, uh, whatever it is. does not matter. Jackson, I'm going to make up teams now. Either way. Uh, he's, and, and he and Gordon are obviously in a uh, – it seems like a 50-50 split. He just hasn't hit the, the end zone yet. Be patient with Javante Williams and just keep plugging him in there. Uh, obviously, they get the Jets this weekend. What are your thoughts on him? I think this is the week we're going to see Javante. I think that this is the week that we're going to see maybe not that, that boom, that 25-point game, but it is a week that I think we're going to see a really efficient game from Javante Williams. Uh, but it is more of a patience thing for me. I drafted Javante Williams in the sixth round this year, the fifth round this year, knowing that I, by week nine, week 10, I was confident I would have a superstar RB3 for what I got him for, right? So I'm, I'm okay being confident, being patient, because I'm not expecting Melvin Gordon to go 16 games fully healthy. I'm not expecting Melvin Gordon to have this workload, and I'm not expecting that. So I'm going to expect Javante Williams to to absorb, to to get some more touches as the weeks go on. So I'm all in on Javante. I will be until I'm proven otherwise. Again, he's looked like a stud the first two weeks. So I, I'm not I'm not jumping ship just yet. I'm still in on Javante because when he booms, everybody's going to come calling. Absolutely. And the, th- the funny thing to me, and the weird thing, I guess, to me, is after watching him play at North Carolina, he caught so many passes out of the backfield. He only has two receptions so far. I don't understand – uh, them not like Teddy Two Gloves not throwing the ball to Javante more. Can we get well, can we get him some love and get him some balls here in the air? Yeah, it's been backwards in Denver. Who would have thought Teddy Bridgewater would be would be slinging the ball eighty yards to Cortland Sutton? Because I wasn't. I I, <laughs> I didn't know he could throw that far. So yeah, I, yeah. Teddy Two Gloves out of Louisville was a top pick, man. There's Drew Locke somewhere crying right now. Yeah, yeah. Poor Drew Locke. Yeah. That's what you get going to going in the zoo, zoo. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, yeah. I, I again, Javante. Uh, is is my guy. I just wanted to kind of check on that. I I know that, you know, again, the Jets are terrible. So I, I got to think I'm I'm on board with you. I think that this is the breakout week. Do you have any other questions uh, fantasy related, Caleb? No, I'm only in one league. And like I said, I'm dominating. So <laughs> Matt, anything else you need to, to add to our listeners about this upcoming week? I did want to tell Caleb because he seems like he needs a little bit of help in our league. I don't think so. <laughs> I just wanted to say that Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz might not play this week, so Michael Pittman may not be the best play. I'm just going to let you know now. You're we'll welcome see. for the advice. Pittman, yeah. Don't worry about me. <laughs> worry about, about your team. He's 2-0 also, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, but I'm 2-0, and it's not even been like this. I got Quintez Cephas starting this week. So. I was 2-0, and uh, Tyreek Hill got me four points. Like, I didn't even need it. <laughs> Like, so, he could have got me zero. I still would have won. That I've had Zeke's five points. So. Bring up there with Hill. They've got – McCall Hardman or somebody has to, to pop off uh, as, a, as being an actual threat at the other receiver part. I mean, Travis Kelsey. I mean, it's Kelsey and Hill. That's it. Kelsey might as well be – But the thing is, like, for, if, they wanna, if they want to go on a run, I, I still don't think they're getting to the Super Bowl. That's just me, though. Well, that's hard to do. But I get it. Happen. But I, I think you have to have somebody else step up in that, well, you have on that team. I mean, he throws the ball right I now. understand. That's not a lot of – when you have two weapons. It is surprising they lost to Baltimore. That was a weird loss. Yeah. Their defense, 11, other than too. Tyrant Matthew, is, like, non-existent. Yeah. So, yeah. I, think the, I think they have – I think Kansas City could be in a little bit more trouble than everybody wants to admit. They're still not. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not, like, burying them. But what, well, Matt? I-, I wanted to say about Kansas City is uh, all offseason, we heard all oh, quiet Edwards Hilaire is going to be a big year. I mean, he's the running back on one of the most potent offenses. 
and this is the year McCole Hardman breaks out or Demarcus Robinson or Byron Pringle or you you name a wide receiver that is mopping the floor for the Chiefs and people think he's going to break out. But at all in all, there's not one piece on this Chiefs offense that I want outside of Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey. Like in our yeah. league now, we have Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, and I think I've sent 15 trades to across the league trying to get them off the team. Like – Let's make a deal happen. I don't want Clyde Edwards Larry. He doesn't attract me. His upside isn't there. Just being the running back of the Chiefs does not matter. And I, I've tweeted this out the last two weeks, and the only time it matters is when CAH costs him the game. So interesting. Uh, I think I think it's gonna be interesting to keep an eye on them. I really, really do. Again, I'm not betting on them or against them. You don't win. I'm betting on the Cleveland Browns. Win their division. I hey, matter. watch out for the Chargers. What the Raiders are two and zero, baby. Here come John Gruden and the Raiders. Darren Waller. Most underrated player in the NFL. He's Darren Waller's a beast. Do what, Matt? Darren Waller's a beast. Stud. Second best tight end in football. Absolutely. Sign close. Absolutely. I love George Kittle, but no. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, Matt, once again, thank you so much, dude. We love this. This is awesome. Um, we really, really appreciate it. Hopefully this helps some of you guys out there listening uh, make some decisions on your fantasy football leagues, whether that, again, whether that's weekly. If you're not playing DFS, I suggest it. It's really fun. You have a new team. Right, and I put in multiple, multiple entries every week, and it's really fun for me to go through the week and, and set up who do I want, and then to draft them, and then just to watch that money go up. That's what's going to happen this week. Because Yahoo, you have been warned. I'm taking all your money this weekend. I'm sure. Right. So I just wanted to add something because I just, I just saw this. And I just got word on my phone that Christian McCaffrey will not return to tonight's game against the Texans oh. due to a hamstring injury. So oh just, something to, just something to monitor long term. Just something to. To think about as he will not return tonight. That's I don't think he's ever gonna be healthy again. Oh, that poor guy. I love I love to watch him play football. Stanford, and that's a shame. That's hey, a shame. So thank you for grand. that. that I do appreciate that. Um, once again, Matt, we can't thank you enough, buddy, to come on and talk a little Cardinal baseball because we are all fired up for the Cardinals. Caleb, anything else you've got to add, buddy, before we get out of here? No, I think I'm good. Guys, everybody, uh, have a fantastic weekend. Once again, Caleb Noble 08 on Twitter. Uh, I'm telling you one more time at Matt Two T's. With the number two Frosty, follow him. Check out FF League Winners as well, who he writes for. It's a great, great site. Uh, it's one of ours that we go to quite a bit. I use it all the time. I, I love watching Matt's interactions with everybody. Gives me a lot of fantasy football information. Like I said, for those of you not playing DFS, look into it. I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, take your time. Bet within your means always, but enjoy it. Um, guys, everybody, once again, thank you so much. Find us on your favorite pa- uh, podcast platform. Give us a five-star rating. We, we greatly appreciate that. Interact with us. We're really, really popping right now with Facebook and Twitter with the Cardinals going off. It's football weekend. The weather looks absolutely amazing outside. Uh, enjoy this weekend. Be safe. Take care of, of each other out there. Uh, we will see you again soon. Cheers. Have a great one. The more you know, the more you know, the more you know, it's the more you know. Noble.